Subjects Gossip Girl and Glee to a level of scrutiny that they definitely deserve. I am Matthew at Rather here. I am always as it was ba ba ba. <laughs> you were so good. I didn't in- I interrupt you, and this is like, oh my god, and this is a real podcast. And you go and, and hit the bed. Fuck it up. Um, <laughs> here, here, suffering through this in- uh, mutual incompetence. I'm Ryan Shilly once again coming to you mere blocks from possibly dead Chuck Bass's Empire Hotel in Paris. <laughs> newsflash, newsflash, Chuck, Chuck dies. And Chuck if you didn't gather from, from, from shit the bed and from our – Chuck is as dead as Omar and our casual attitude towards spoilers, this is these fucking teenagers where we swear at you and spoil as many things as, uh, as we possibly can. You know that, look, that look, YouTube- At this point, if they're still with us, they're, they're here for this because, you know – I think we've we've been getting fan mail in the last couple of weeks, um, and so you know you you might you might disparage our vulgarity and and and, uh, and and spoilers, but you know we're we're definitely finding our audience. Um, and what I love about our fan mail is that it's not just like OMG guys, I love the show. It's like, you know our our fan mail is 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 dense, right? And really, very, like, yeah. Oh, we get well we get a, we get a small essay every uh, pretty much every episode from Cat, which we're very <laughs> glad for, and uh, and Gab, a frequent OTI commenter, Gab uh, wrote in this week with an idea that could become an overthinking a guest post, even if we don't if we don't kind of tear into the subject ourselves. Um, well, and then we had we we received another long uh, feedback from someone who wasn't Cat, right, um, or Gab. Um, am I am I wrong? Oh, I thought that I thought that was cat, but uh... girl, girl with sword and bow. Oh no, good point. Oh, I actually, you know what? I want to read this. Um, uh, dear right, this is from girl with sword and bow. Uh, who sent it into our email at podcast at overthinkingit.com. You can also call in your comments uh, to the voicemail at 20 fat jog zero one. That's two Oh three, two eight, five, six, four, zero one girl with sword. I, and bow. I will point out that these are even less comments. They're more like reading responses, right? These are, these are pretty much like the length of, of, of assignments that I have assigned as, as reading responses in, in, in the classes that I teach in my, in my day job. And so I think they're great. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. So Matt, take it away. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it, you know, actually we would like to get these immediately after the episodes air, uh, <laughs> right? So that you could do, we're sort of outsourcing our, uh, you know, our cognitive load to you. So we'd like to know what you think. You can set the cognitive agenda for these fucking teenagers if you write in, uh, what, what shall we say, Ryan, a 500-word reading response? 500-word, yeah, 500-word. Yeah. To, uh, to uh And Ryan and I will read it in advance of the, uh, in advance of the episode. And, and, well, and you're expected to, to, uh, to complete reading responses for seven of the 12 episodes in any given season. Um. Right. Yeah, abso- yeah absolutely. <laughs> Three, Only, from, yeah. three from the first unit. Um. <laughs> um, yeah, and then one of them, one of your reading responses, you will expand into a <laughs> the uh, final paper. Yeah, into the fi- into the five thousand word final paper, uh, <laughs> which will account for eighty percent of your grade uh, reading responses in class participation, <laughs> comprising. Um, 
the the other half. Girl with sword and bow. And she actually, this is very interesting. She, you know, Gmail only lets you have a first name and a last name. It's not like other email services where you have either a name or else some kind of handle. And so her name is Girl with sword and bow. Uh, she she splits it into. <laughs> She's into apparently Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> she some kind of in, Norwegian uh, stock. <laughs> Girl with, girl with sword and bow. Oh, yeah. Oh, the girl with. She writes in Dear Ryan and Matthew, I've tried other Gossip Girl podcasts, but none have fit, fit me. This, is, this begins kind of like a letter to Penthouse Forum, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I never believed the stories in your podcast. Were fit. I've tried other Gossip Girl podcasts, and none have fit me. I saw this. As a sidebar, if, if you Google these fucking teenagers, we're the first thing that comes up, but everything that else comes up. <laughs> Porn. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I really love that we own we own the search query. Uh, these fucking teenagers. It really it it warms the cockles of my heart, if you will. Dear Ryan and Matthew, I've tried other Gossip Girl podcasts and none have fit me. I saw this and figured I may as well try it. I downloaded the first two episodes. Uh, the first two on iTunes at the moment are episode seven and eight. Crawled right into bed. I shit you not. That's what she says. Crawled right into bed and started listening. One minute in. I was in heaven. God, when you put dirtiness in your mind, when you start reading this email, you just can't get it out. (laughs) Several minutes later, I realized that there was no way I was going to sleep tonight. My brain was far too wired. Well, you know, they say the brain is the largest erogenous zone. Watch your your be be like 14 or something. You know, we get get one fan. We get one fan, and you can't just, you know, I try to set up gratitude. I say that this is the quality of of a class assignment, and then you're... You're a dirtball. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am often frustrated because the only people I really talk to about Gossip Girl are with the girls at my school who watch it for entertainment and don't look much past the surface. Uh, so whenever I run into anyone from this wonderful, brilliant, intelligent side of Gossip Girl fandom, it brightens my day. I'm glad, actually, that we express a, a strain of Gossip Girl fandom that exists out there. I wish more of those people would, would get hip to us because I would love yes. to kind of bring them into the fold. So, hey, Girl with Sword and Bow or others, would we, would you sort of recommend our podcast to others? Um, then, okay, so she, she recommends uh, going on on fanfiction.net, which is the big fanfiction site on the internet. Uh, says, she says there's some bad stuff. There will always be bad fanfic, but some of it is truly fantastic. Um, and that, that she also re- recommends uh, this, the recaps on television without pity. That's a site. It was an independent site, and they got bought by somebody. And so I, I kind of fell off when they, you know, when they... Um, uh, yeah, stick it to the man. <laughs> when you, they, you, like, uh, you like their demo. You like their mixtape. Yeah, uh, like the, yeah, no, I like their, I like their mixtape. But yeah, no, it was, it was like a Death Cab for Cutie. When they bought that expensive microphone, you know, the, uh, the sound just got so commercial. Anyway, so two, two uh, resources for the, uh, for the gossip girl Arati, if you will. Uh, fanfiction.net and televisionwithoutpity.com. And thanks to Girl With Sword and Bow for... For uh, uh, for writing in and yes, and Cat and Gab both have uh, both have emails and thank you both for those. We may not get to them. We just like you know you kind of pull the cord on Ryan and me, and the talk starts, and and it's it's very difficult to admit anyone else's ideas. We should get forums going on overthinking it so that we can. Uh, debate well, like these. I said, office hours or something. Maybe I mean I, I don't think we you know we we. 
Even though, I mean, we we should we should experiment even possibly with UStream or something because yeah, you know, actually, Ryan and OGI I podcast uses UStream, and we could possibly have a format, um, you know, maybe once in a while, not every week, but but actually have a bit of a, a of, of a talk back kind of uh, a forum. Um, on- actually, that's a great idea. We we really could we really could do that. And since Ryan and I, since it's only two of us, he and I could both get on the video. Um, you know, we can't do it because it's like a, it would be like a five-way video chat uh, for the Overthinking It podcast. But anyway, let's 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 dive into it. Enough, uh, you know what I mean. Enough of this uh, uh, patting ourselves on the back. Um, We're patting our listeners on the back. Well, yeah, uh, our, our listeners. Our listeners are awesome. They write in these these you know five to seven hundred word reading responses that are uh, super in depth and very very well thought out. I yes. you know yes, and so keep them coming. Yeah, um, and 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 if they start to come in at a high volume, we should find something to do with them um, because it's just it's very cool. Um, well, I think yeah, I think that that get, getting them seen publicly, you know, if if there's yeah. enough if there's enough volume, we'll we'll uh, we'll find a way to credit you for your your own ideas. And if we yes. take something from you, we'll always say your name on the show. Yes, unless well, let's, unless ju- let's like, jump into it. It's, we have we have a lot. Unless going. we're like uh, like Stephen um, Ambrose, yeah, it's it's true. Uh, lot to lot to say, lot to say. All right, let's start with Glee because this week was the season finale of Gossip Girl, and I have a feeling we're going to want to spend uh, a lot of time there. This was the Follow Your Dreams episode, a.k.a. the Neil Patrick Harris episode, a.k.a. the Joss Whedon-directed episode. Oh, okay. Glee. So if you saw a little uh, a little more visual flair, which actually I did, there were a couple of, uh, you know, there were a couple of moves where it was like, uh, Joss is flexing his muscles a little bit. Um uh then that's then that's uh that's what that was funny you know funny enough he didn't um funny enough he didn't uh uh write it and you know we know from dr horrible's sing along blog and from the musical episode of buffy that he can be a, a composer lyricist and sort of write his own musical television uh that that stands with you know, pretty much anything in the genre, though I, I don't know how much musical television there really is in the genre. Um, he can do it himself. Wasn't there that short-lived uh, Hugh Jackman show? Yes, there was. There was also Cop Rock. I mean, the the, the musical TV oh, shows, I, I guess, tend to be uh, kids' TV shows. You know, uh, uh, Hannah Montana, kids... I mean, going back, uh, Kids Incorporated and yes. the Mickey Mouse Club and... You know, and this stuff, um, but you know, these are Glee. Glee is a is a mass audience show. You know, it's certainly a mass hit. Uh, it it's meant to be for for everyone. So the, you know, this was the uh, this was the follow your dreams um, episode, and a, a great uh, I think a great way to to start in is with the idea of the homosocial. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or, or with Harold Bloom. I don't know. I'll let you. Uh, I'll, I'll let you. I, I, are they really that far apart? <laughs> Harold Bloom in class, uh, in you know Shakespeare class with Harold Bloom in his seminar, sitting around the table. He always had his his arm uh, resting on the back of the chair of whatever pretty brunette was sitting sitting next to him. Oh God, I'm probably libeling him. I'm probably going to hear from a lawyer. But no, I mean I witnessed this myself. It is not. Yeah, it is, is not. This is slander. what's going to sink. This is what's going to sink these fucking teenagers. <laughs> not on the talk of Yes, three reasons. Libel against. Uh, a great American uh, literary critic. Yeah, great, Thanks. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> um, so Glee, Glee Club is, is about expressing yourself to yourself, uh, says, says Will. Um, which is which is a very it's akin we we've talked about Harold Bloom and the anxiety of influence and the theory of kind of of uh, poetic development through the years, um, the quasi Freudian theory of how uh, poetry seems to move forward. Another idea of Harold Bloom's uh, specifically about Shakespeare is that the the genius of Shakespeare, the true originality of Shakespeare, was that his characters are uh, capable of self overhearing. Um, what's the difference? Uh, he was once asked by John Hollander, another one of my, my great teachers in the area of uh, English, literary, English literary studies, um, about what's the difference between uh, hearing yourself and overhearing yourself. And Bloom's answer was, when you overhear something, you hear a communication that was originally intended for someone else. You're, you're kind of an intruder on this communication. And so self-overhearing is, uh, I think, in a way to be surprised by what you express to, uh, you know, to yourself. Yeah, um, and this, this gets back to this idea of, that we were talking about last week with respect to, to the use of autotune and the artistic use of overtune about the relationship between uh, sort of intra-subjectivity or just what we would call subjectivity, that is, the perceptions within one person's head right one person's you know eye view you know yep. they're, they're um and and uh, inner subjectivity um the how other people see you or what the collective understanding um is and and so in some ways this idea of of over self overhearing is is moving between those those levels of of analysis um right i mean that's that's how i almost sort of see that right that that it's not only um you know you hear yourself as as you know either as your the intentionality bet- behind your words or in a biological sense the reverberation through your skull but you you step outside of yourself and 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 um i mean is 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 that your your understanding of the concept or um is is there is there yeah, more that, that is that is essentially it's an experience of intrasubjectivity as though it were intersubjectivity Yes. Yeah. That's exactly. What, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what, yeah. That's what you're positing. Right. It's, it's a social out of body experience. That's what. Sure. Sure. Right. Or out of mind. Uh, out, out of, of mind. Right. Out of self. Know, right. Exper- experience. And this is something that is all over Hamlet. When you when you read through the the like the big soliloquies of Hamlet, right? He he's sort of surprised by by what his mind comes up with and he reacts to it sometimes with disgust sometimes with sort of amazement like did i really say that and this is you know and i think that this is something we've talked in in um uh we've talked in in previous episodes about uh, sort of knowledge of yourself and the idea of being true to yourself and what exactly is this self uh, that you're being that you're being true to, and I'm not sure it's as coherent as the world of Gossip Girl. The world of Gossip Girl really hangs together as a uh, you know as a uh, philosophical or political statement on how how people are and how they organize themselves. But uh, I'm not sure Glee hangs together quite like that because it 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 is about irrationality. But I, I think right. there are there's. But it's, it's about the struggle to express yourself to yeah. yourself. And, the and there's that, a, that is inconsistent, right? That that is noisy. We're um, moving and towards – yeah, Glee may, may Glee may as well be be subtitled, you know, notes toward, you know, prolegomena to any future theory of the self. <laughs> right, right. Well, or, or it's that, that this theory is going to be 
Im, you know, imper- right? It's it's there. There's there's sort of um, you know that that there's um, that, that there are imperfect attempts at, at recreating the self, but that you you need you know ciphers. You need you need various tools to, to get at that, whether that is relationships with other people or various modes of, of popular music or, um, you know, the, the dense vocabulary of the filmic arts or, uh, <laughs> or, you know what, or just a mirror. Like there are so many scenes in Glee where someone is singing to themselves in a mirror in at least one of the kind of prismatic realities that all yes. the songs in Glee yes. seem to yes. comprise. Well, no, that's not true. Not all the songs in Glee. Some of them are, are show choir performances and those are what they are but um but you know some of them are kind of fantasy sequences slash reality sequences slash a different fantasy sequence and the levels i mean jordan got into this in some of his writing uh on overthinking it but um um i I think there's actually interesting dynamics with this you know you mentioned homosociality um i I think that uh, you know this you know that's in reference to the um the scenes uh, involving Matthew Morrison, where you know the actor plays Will Schuster, and what was it, Brian Ryan, um, <laughs> Harris's character. Um, there is definitely, uh, especially in the staging of the Dream On scene, if I remember correctly, you know, I, I, there there is a little bit of of mirroring going on in that scene, right? That, that they face each other, um, they sure. turn around, right? So that there's on one hand this this kind of. Um, you know whether it's a, a sort of narcissism of small differences, or you know that they're they, you know it's, you know Neil Patrick Harris is great uh, uh, casting. Like so, in fact, I think I forget if we because they about even this. they they look sort of alike. They, they you know? look alike. I mean, when I heard that he was going to be appearing on Glee, I forget if I said that this on this show or if I remarked it, um, you know, off uh, offline to someone that you know w- 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 once I heard that he was going to be on the show, I was like, oh, he's a he's Will Schuster's nemesis. Right, the, and 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 that's exactly how it how it came up, right? So that they they both mirror them, but then there's also in a, in, so in addition to them being like reflections of one another, um, there's also this dynamic of um, you know this interplay dynamic of of uh, rivalry and competition that really is is sublimating a certain amount of desire, right? And this is a, a concept called homosociality, right? And then it's in certain Certain um, literary circles um, have argued that that you know the competition of men for women is really about competition of men for one another, right? right. And, and playing out their their um, homoerotic desires in a more acceptable form of, of competition. Right? The, the um, canonical expression of this theory in literature that I know is is about the homosocial love triangle in Milton's Paradise Lost, where really uh, the story is about how Adam gets at God and how God gets at Adam, and Eve is an interface, basically, oh, yeah. for mm-hmm. the two of them to to kind of deal with one another. Here, it's here it's funny that when you said there's mirroring going on in that number, when they, when they sort of face each other, they, they look kind of alike you know they both have that kind of high tenor range um and and i was thinking like uh now i see through i was thinking of first corinthians 13 right now i see through a glass darkly but then face to face and right. what they what they see face to face i think is not their uh not desire for a woman but for the, though uh terry does come into it i guess right um right Right, but f- right, right. but face to face with their own ambition, you know, their own dreams, uh, and in this competition for the role in uh, in the community theater, 
um, in the community theater musical, and that the uh, the the this struggle is the sublimated expression of desire. And uh, you know, uh, not to be too crude, me never, but like they keep jumping <laughs> on successively higher crates on stage. Right, each one wants to like be the top. You know, right, and, right, right. Um, yes. So uh, I. You know, so I I thought it was a great scene. It was also a good it was a good rend- rendition of the of the song. Also, I thought. Oh, it was great. I know. I mean, and, and it worked really well. I mean, it's it's interesting, and it 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 also makes sense actually. You know, thinking about you know, there's more. You know, so we we've talked a little bit about what you know the times at which the the theming or the cognitive agenda of Glee works and doesn't work. And I think that this, the, you know, and, and the home episode was, I think, the example of it working least well. Also, the hello um, episode was, was not as successful. I thought this, um, you know, the way that the, the sort of various permutations of the theme of dreams and the music played out worked very well, right? Because, you know, we talked about the Freudian elements of Bloom's theory of, of poetic influence, um, you know, and, and these also... You know this 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 kind of reading of of homosociality and and competition and even your and your reading of the uh, of the choreography of the dream on sequence um, has this you know I mean it's about dreams and and the, you know and the subconscious right and so there's this interesting relationship between what is a, a dream as a you know spoken ambition and a dream as this kind of latent desire right and the tension between those um or what those, is the di- what is what is the difference between a, gr- a dream and a goal in a way right yes you know, yes yeah that is to say that is to say we can talk about dreams that in the Venn diagram um mm-hmm. uh like what we might call dreams overlaps only partly with what we might call fantasy well, I think that the, actually a really good uh, example of this this distinction is also the the plot line involving Artie, right? right? Yeah, I was uh, hoping I was hoping you could get to this because this is a moment of this is a moment of inter intersubjectivity, right? And this this is a moment I I think of, of something like what the psychoanalyst Melanie Klein called projective identification, where. Um, where one person has something to work out, and but it's worked out kind of through mm-hmm. by means of another person, sort of um, uh, uh, the the boundaries between the two selves are sort of dissolved, and someone uh, sort of projects their own issue into the other person. The other person metabolizes it, as it were, and uh, and then kind of uh, kind of brings it kind of brings it back. Um, you know, so that, so that what, who is really benefiting from their interaction, from Artie and Tina's interaction, which is ostensibly, which is purportedly, uh, about Artie's dream. Right. Right. But, but it's, but it becomes very clear very, very early on that this is, this is really about, you know, I mean, it's not really developed, right? This is the most action we've gotten on Tina so far, but like, I think they could have done a little bit more to 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 fill her out as as a character. But it, it definitely seems that, um, you know, at first, you know, he they try to dance, he collapses and he, and lashes out at her and says, "Oh, this, this wasn't really my dream." Um, and it's not that simple, but there is definitely, um, you know, in the final scene where Artie says, "You know, no, I'm going to," you know. Right, Artie makes this distinction between a dream and a goal, right? And and says, well, you know, I'm going to try to be 
become the, the you know the next uh the next godard right uh, you know i could do a lot of really good uh tracking shots from this uh uh this this, this wheelchair oh, he doesn't say that that was me um but the point is is that you know becoming a a a, a um you know a well-known director uh, is itself a dream right it's unlikely um it, it is a far-fetched uh kind of goal but it's it's within the realm of possibility and and that's distinct from from being a a dancer, right? For for Artie. Yeah, well, it's it, it works it works more in the in the realm of reality. I gotta say, mm-hmm. I thought Tina's uh, I thought Tina was sort of sort of cruel here. You know, I think that this this character yeah. is. I guess this is realistic for being a, t- a teenager, but um, it sort of it really is not uh. Is not she? She put on the stutter. Now mm-hmm. she she mm-hmm. gave him all this this false hope. You know, this is something that you see, I guess, with a lot of like high school kids volunteering for I don't know Amnesty International or so. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Or or uh, I don't know causes. You know, charitable charitable or philanthropic causes or, or things like this. Uh, where like, well, why don't why don't and and there's something where it's kind of like all about you. Uh, mm-hmm. and I suppose mm-hmm. it's it's the period it's the crucible in which your identity adolescence is crucible in which your ident- adult identity is formed so that it it only stands to reason that everything is about sort of the development of yourself but still right like I'm uh you know why aren't those homeless people more why aren't those why aren't those african refugees more right. grateful to me I wrote a letter right 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 and that um, like it seems to be it seems to be kind of about Tina sort of taking on, and this is what I meant about projective identification, sort of yeah. taking on Artie's dream uh, as her own, as though uh, as though she were she were he, and um, and and really just making a colossal mess of it. Well, it's also that we, you know, and it's interesting, right? Because we don't learn what what her dream is, um, and either what she wrote down in the in the in the little exercise or what what it actually is right and you know we can we may talk a little bit about um about about the the uh the jesse rachel arc um you know, uh, uh, in which there there you know jesse makes a um also makes a, a you know distinction between a goal or a, a a a verbalized dream and a a deep deeply held dream and it seems that you know Tina seems to have some sort of a, a dream that so it's not only that she is projecting, but there also is a there seems to be a dream that has to do with, you know, I don't know, like realizing this this relationship. Right. So that that, you know, it's not only that that she is 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 is, is projecting. Um, I mean, I, I don't know that it is that she wants to be be a dancer, per se, but that. You know, I think that there, part of her dream is actually the ability to help him um, achieve his dream, but it, you know, it strips him of, of of any any kind of agency, right? Yeah. Well, you want to move on to Gossip Girl? Yeah. Um, I mean, do you do you want to touch briefly on the uh, the Rachel's Rachel's mama? Oh yeah. The the so this will come back. This will be coming back. Right. Yeah. This is. I think this is. A- the thing that they're they're uh, going for they're um, uh, they're going forward with. I actually think it, it from I, I gather from the the uh, 
the from next time on Glee, I gather that they are uh, from the promo for the next episode that that Rachel is going to introduce herself to Adina Menzel um, next next week. Wow. Right? Well, they're moving it forward pretty rapidly. Yeah, they're, right? they're moving uh, at a Gossip Girl pace here. Right, 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 right. So, so Leah Michelle will be dead in, within three weeks. Uh, <laughs> this is, this is Rachel dies, guys. Spoiler alert for Glee. I don't know if you noticed this, but like you know, she's not listed. Um, you know, for for season two of Glee in the cast. So I think I think they're going to kill off Rachel, guys. Well, this is how we really alienate the audience, right? Fake spoilers. <laughs> Rachel um, dies. This is an issue of ulteriority, right? Because Rachel thinks she's pursuing her dream, but she's actually being duped or manipulated into pursuing Idina Menzel's dream. I don't, I don't remember the name of the character. Uh, so, you know, so this, this is an interesting moment of, of what is supposedly going on versus... Uh, you know, versus what is actually going on. I'm glad it's an but, audio. I'm glad it's an audio cassette. I mean, it, it at least is is you know era appropriate. The technology. Right, right. Well, even on that level, what's interesting is that there's there's this tension, right? Um, so even within the ulteriority, right? There seems to be on one level the goal is that is that Adina Menzel wants to you know um, meet uh, her daughter, right? So that you know. Um, and but on the other hand, this is strategic, and it's about getting some kind of a leg up on on new directions, right? Um, I mean, I, I, I did. I mean, in the direction in the scene in which she's in the car with uh, yes. with Jesse St. James, it's like get clo- get close to her, and yeah, and you think it's about what you think it's about one thing, but it is in fact about something else. Well, so but I mean, that's the thing. That's what I don't understand. So. So did you actually read then that this reveal was just that him getting close to her was all about helping her f- find the mother? Like, I, I still thought the initial reason that he was supposed to get close to her was to, to, to screw, to, you know, to screw them up, um, to screw up the Glee kids. No, I think uh, that, that that's what we were meant to think. And, okay. that, and that what we've been, what, what has been, I, I, I still think she's competitive. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I guess, foreclose the other possibility, but I think that, that, um, I think that, that this is one of those things that they were leading us down the garden path and, and now we've been, uh, now they've revealed the, the, the real motive. Yeah. So that's interesting because like, I actually, I, I still read that as, um, I, you know, I guess they, they've done such a good job of leading leading me down that path that it was actually, you know, once they, 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 they did the big reveal, I, it was still hard for me to say, but yeah, but this is also about the competition too. Right. <laughs> so well, sure. Um, it's, it, maybe it's, maybe it's sort of multi-determined, right? Like maybe yeah, it's that's, not yeah, a, that's my, that's my, I mean, we'll see, but it, it should be interesting. I think we have some, some things to say about the casting of, uh, casting and meta casting of Adina Menzel as a mother, but I think that that will be relevant right, in the consi- weeks to come. So, I so mean, we- considering the lineage on Broadway of Wicked and Spring Awakening, you know, right. and and uh, and other things, but yeah, no, you're right. We should we should pass over that and get to um, uh, get to Gossip Girl, yeah, because it was it was the finale. We got and Chuck Bass dies. Chuck Bass dies. Um, or, he is or, shot, or, or, or does he? <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna say that he did. And uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. No, I mean, in reality, of course, he's not dead. Um, like, uh, like, like, this is this is Gossip Girl that we've talked about, right? We've we've talked about um, 
you know, Gossip Girl setting up these mini cliffhangers that are then quickly resolved. But I think that, that this is one instance in which it's working really well. Um, like, there were some season two cliffhangers that were, like, I don't even remember them very well, but they were kind of lame. They involved Serena leaving the country with Carter Bazin. Um, I don't remember the season one cliffhangers, but, you know, you know this is, you know, this is high impact, right? They're the two big, the two big bombshells at the end of, of Gossip Girl are Chuck gets shot in Prague and, um, and Georgina Sparks is pregnant, um, ostensibly, ostensibly with Dan's baby. Well, yeah, she uh, claims it is. I mean, we all know that that's crap, right? And, right. That, uh... and, and, and both of these will be resolved within, you know, this is, you hear, you, you have your first three seasons of, of season four of Gossip Girl, or sorry, first, first three episodes of season four of Gossip Girl, um, you know, plotted out for you. Um, yeah, right. and, you know, and then by, by episode five or six, um, or maybe, maybe somewhere in that arc is when, uh, uh, Jessica Zora comes back. Right. And then Jenny comes back mid season. Right. That's my, that's my, those are my macro predictions. Well, it's, yeah, it's, un, that- it's unclear. It's unclear about Jenny, right. That the, uh, it's unclear about her because she is leaving the show for uh, Taylor Momsen is leaving the show for her music career. For her, uh, please put both of those in squares in, in scare quotes. I, you know, she has a song on the on the um, uh, uh, what movie Kickass soundtrack called "Make Me Wanna Die," and she's the new Courtney Courtney Love. You know, she's got that. She's got that Courtney Love thing uh, happening. Even the the bottle blonde hair and the the runny eyeliner, you know. Um, yeah, like like I said, I, I I put both music and career in quotation marks. Let's let's check in with her in uh, in in ten fifteen years and see how that see how that turns out. Um, so you uh, said something you said about this this episode was that. Um, uh, for a show that uh, – for a show where geography has been so important, the, the geography of this show is very interesting, right? For a show where uh, the geography has been expanded, not just the Upper East Side now, but not just the Upper East Side versus Brooklyn now, but Upper East Side versus Upper West Side with Columbia versus downtown with um, – uh, with, uh, uh, to, you know NYU uh, to the loft, which is what you know Williamsburg or something. I think right? it's Dumbo. It's hard to Dumbo. Tell yeah, sure. there, you see the bridge a lot. It's yeah, it's sort of waterfront Dumbo uh, kind of thing. Uh, to you know uh, a party in Bushwick, right? Right. Like right. the the territory has been expanding. You in in our uh, in our pre-show notes on it, you talked about the Empire State Building and kind of the Midtown area, uh, Grand Central Terminal also of as being kind of the the um, gravitational center of this episode. Well, right. Well, and I, I, I don't know why, but I keep thinking about um, – what I keep thinking about uh, in, in, in reference to this is, um, is actually the iconography surrounding um, Matthew Barney's Cremester uh, series <laughs> of films. Um, and uh, we'll also put this in the recommended reading list. Yeah. Right? So the, the the Cremaster cycle is a, is a series of five films that was like released in the late nineties or mostly early two thousands, I suppose, by visual artist Matthew Barney, right? That are uh, ostensibly you know about the uh, the Cremaster muscle is the muscle that controls the descent of the testicles. Um, but uh, what's interesting is that the the um, each of the five Cremaster cycle uh, movies 
um, is is represented by by a field, right? So that and you 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 can see this online um, that there's a um, it's it's a it's a field that is a is essentially a shaped like a pill um, with um, then a, a a a bar through the middle, right? And these are meant to and and this also recurs in some of his other works. I think the other is. Um, um, Oh, Drawing Restraint, the Drawing Restraint series, most re- uh, recently Drawing Restraint 9, which co-featured uh, Bjork, who is then his, his partner, right? And so, all, so Barney uh, is actually primarily a, a sculptor and sculpts in, um, in, in Vaseline as his main medium, right? And so all of these works have to do with, with sort of tension and, and stasis, right? Um, and, and, and that the, the, this image of the field of the, the, of the symmetrical sort of cylinder or pill that is balanced... Uh, and, and in the middle, um, it, it sort of for me represents like I you I almost think of Manhattan um, as as it's been developed in this in this uh, season as as being um, uh, um, uh, subject to these tensions right and that the the Empire State Building is in in the center uh, of this field right and I also and I I think this is not I mean it's, it's a pretty cracked out theory I suppose but um, the third of the th- of this of the five Cremaster movies and and the the sort of centerpiece of the series is and about the, lo- the yeah and the longest by far right and the longest by far is about the the construction of um of the Chrysler Building another uh, major landmark of Midtown Manhattan right um and and so I feel like there there there's something to this this um you know uh this this is this resolution of of tension and these kind of um centrifugal uh, forces uh, being being thrown outward, right? And that you know, and that there's there's definitely multiple times where someone says, you know, the the, the phrase "off this island" is is uttered twice um, in 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 this episode. First, um, when Blair uh, makes her you know takes her date in Dorota off to the Brooklyn, she says, "We have to get off this island," and then and then I uh, after. Uh, she 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 in effect banishes Jenny after after learning of uh, her of her of her tryst with um, um, with 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 Chuck says you know I I don't I don't want you you know you're not only you know to get out of here not just this hospital but this this whole island right and and so that you know in order so that um, and I think that in that sense right they, they, that that's also the interesting role of, of Grand Central right is that it's not only in in midtown is in, in part of this this axis but it is also a conduit right it's where the trains go up the hudson river or to to new haven right it's, it's... <laughs> yeah up either side of the hudson or or into connecticut yeah do you think there's a weird incongruity i mean these people would have a car right you know you would you wouldn't get on metro north these people would not get on metro north well, I guess, yeah. I mean, I don't know. You'd think uh, they'd be they'd be going to Penn Station and riding like the Acela first class if they were getting out of town, you know? Right. Or they'd on, be held, on a I train. mean, that's an interesting thing, right? Because that's also um, right in the very um, you know season one, episode one, uh, the very first Gossip Girl blast that we see is is Serena in Grand Central Station, right? Um, and there in season two, there's a confrontation between Rufus and Lily in Grand Central. Um, um, about I believe about the uh, uh, the the baby that was given away, right? Ugly boy. <laughs> yeah. So that this, I mean, that this is not, you know, Grand Central is not a place. I think that that figures heavily in in the lives of Upper East Side New right. Yorkers. 
Right. Well, and, and and I think the which which Empire actually State, lends which Empire actually, State Building as well, right? Yeah, right. Or yeah, or well, any New Yorkers with the Empire State Building. Um, you know, it, this actually gives some credence to the idea that these are kind of primarily symbolic entities uh, right. for the right. for the show. Uh, you know, and it's for their meaning. And and you know, the Empire State Building because it's visible from so many sight lines yes, uh, yeah. around Midtown Manhattan. You know, you can have that shot in Brooklyn where where uh, Blair sees it from across the East River. Um, that these are these are symbols with with tremendous meaning not just the uh not just the the reference to film you know right right um, right what it's also it's relevant right so you reference it as as that that art deco like you know something you know like the, the styling is important right yeah that right. art deco monstrosity or something like right. that yeah, i forget what the what the noun was but right i remember you know it's clearly important you know the and and you know, I, I think it's because I, you know, also see it a lot, right? Um, but I think that that way of seeing it is, is important to its its symbolic meaning for for Blair. Um, you know, and it's just interesting that you know, oh, Blair loves. I think that's why I fixated on this. I thought it was it was odd. Uh, Blair loves the um, Empire State. Like that is like the you know that's way out of the the her 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 territory, right? And so that exists in a in a non non-spatial, non-territorial, um, way, um, right, and the episode, right, wasn't the, um, the, go- the, 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 not, not the title of the episode, but the, um, Gossip Girl website title, uh, at the, at the beginning of the episode, um, was what, Empire, St- Empire State Building of Mind, right? Um, <laughs> I think, um, I think it was, it was something like that, um, and so I think that that, that that's very apt, right? That that this is a um, the Empire State Building, which is interesting, in, is that Chuck actually does go to the top of it, right? That I mean, it, I I wonder if if Blair had ever been uh, either of them had ever been to the top of the Empire State Building before. I really doubt it, right? <laughs> um, in the same way that these people, um, you know, do not go to Grand Central because they don't take the train, um, you know, even even non like billionaire. Um, New Yorkers, you know, generally tend not to go to the top of the Empire State Building because it's a tourist attraction, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it, it's a, sorry. I was just I was looking at a, it's an affair to remember, right? Is the is the film with? Uh, right, the and I'm actually not. I'm actually not familiar with an affair to remember. Um, so it's it's you know, um, uh, right? Two two people, one a a, a Playboy and another uh, a woman. Um, meet on a cruise ship. They're both engaged to someone else. They, you know, series of chance meetings. They strike up a friendship. Uh, they they make a date to meet on top of the Empire State Building um, in six months' time uh, to, you know, I don't know, continue their affair. She doesn't show up because she gets hit by a car. And then, you know, they, they reunite later, and there's there's a lot of uh, Mishigas and Suris about, like, why weren't you there on the, on the Empire State Building? So it's, you know, it's a faithful recreation up to the point... Um, uh, it, up to up to the did the point. dude did the the dude deflower a teenager? <laughs> no, it, he um, did he die? <laughs> no, those are uh, uh, those are innovations of of Gossip Girl. <laughs> that, well, what's interesting though is that you know I can understand why you know they would there be a misconnection um, 
Yeah, when when was uh, An Affair to Remember um, released? When was it filmed? 1957. It was released. Right, so they didn't have they didn't have cell phones and Blackberries and and uh, Microsoft Kins back then. Well, yeah. Um, so I mean, like you 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 made the point in our in our prep notes that like doesn't one text message solve this Blair Chuck problem? This right. you know. How do We've you- talked a little bit before about the you know. Um, uh, about the you know the, the the role of the the missed call right uh, in 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 a lot of the the action of of, of Gossip Girl, but there's not you know, even th- that. Don't even bother with that. Right? There was like, a uh, there was an NPR piece. Um, you know, I I subscribe to the NPR Pop Culture podcast where they they aggregate all their pop culture coverage over the centrally produced shows like you know I don't know uh, uh, Fresh Air and Morning Edition and All Things Considered and Weekend Edition and things like this because I, I honestly I don't care about violence in Africa I don't care about like an Appalachian <laughs> an Appalachian woman who like carries on her grandmother's tradition of knitting alpaca sweaters or something I don't know I don't care about that. Tell me about Justin Bieber, NPR. Right. So that's, it's 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 that's interesting, right? So it's like basically you you just get your uh, so it's Perez Hilton, but with like no like <laughs> you can't draw penises on a podcast. <laughs> I guess if I guess if you could, that that's what this podcast would be. Um, <laughs> it's like yeah, it's not like Perez Hilton. It's like staying at the Perez Hilton, which is a four star gossip hotel. But um, anyway, there was an there was an NPR piece last week about or last week or the week before about um, the role of cell phones in horror movies. And as you have to find your way to a narrative contrivance where you drop the cell phone in the toilet or someone steps on it or you're in an area of no service and someone right, right. someone remarks right. on it. Or God you're damn on, it. You're on AT&T. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, or, you know, you run out of batteries or something in order for the horror movie to happen because one, you know, one little call, we all carry these, these magic devices in our pockets. So, you know, this is a, this is a thing. And we've talked about how they, how they use and don't use, uh, cell phones. The, the, uh, the appearance, the product placement of the, the Microsoft Kin, or I, I guess it's made by Motorola, but it's, it's really sort of branded Microsoft because it has this yeah. thing, or maybe it's made by Microsoft. Um, the the appearance of this, uh, you know, it is I think part of the same the same uh, endorsement package. That w- the reason we always Bing, see right? Bing, yeah, I think we're going to see a Microsoft product in every uh, in every episode. Actually, Bing is sponsoring the Vampire Diaries, also, which is a show. Well, that actually, makes sense because then Chuck should have said shouldn't have said uh, my iPod's in the other room. He should have said I'm going to go get my Zune. Yeah, my Zune is in the other room. <laughs> I, they, they can all, but that, they can only, that would I mean I would I think I would maybe turn, as much as I love Gossip Girl that'd be it, like that I mean even Chuck Chuck Bass having an iPod struck me as being a bit of a bit of a stretch right they, yeah they they only beyond um, the iPod hmm they um like he yeah. carries Jay Z with him and just has Jay Z rap <laughs> <laughs> yeah Jay Z's in the trunk yeah exactly. uh, so um. It made me think about this, and I'm, I'm not sure whether we've we've talked about this exactly before. Dorota says early in the episode, I defriended Mr. Chuck both on Facebook and in life. And it strikes me that these fucking teenagers today are living in a world where there are many levels of social interaction. There's a, there's kind of a face-to-face level. There uh, There is a a level of kind of social groups. But there's also this, this meta level of... of um, uh, sort of virtual social gestures like friending and defriending, mm-hmm. liking statuses, you know, uh, commenting on on things. That there's this whole kind of meta narrative going on. Uh, it reminds it reminds me of sort of. Um, 
oh, what uh, post-structuralist theories of récit and discours uh, about how a uh, you know about how a, at a certain point the novel became not just about a narrative but became about uh, sort of ruminations on the narrative. And so there's there's this idea of récit, which is you know the French word for kind of storytelling. Um, mm. And then uh, discours, which is the kind of uh, uh, dilation or uh, expanding on the implications of the story, or kind of the the, the philosophy or uh, various kinds of theories that 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 go along with the story. That there is this uh, this constant discours of uh, of virtual social gestures um, mm-hmm. that that is part of the world that these these fucking teenagers live in. One of them is. Uh, one of them is the Gossip Girl blog itself, or I mean, I, I don't think it's right to call call it a blog because it goes out on on emails. The sort of Gossip Girl distribution list, or the Gossip Girl, right. you know, uh, viral publishing empire uh, itself, which struck me as a. I was thinking about it today and some of the uses of it. Um, it's let's get our stories straight for Gossip Girl, right? Or let's uh, let's use Gossip Girl to get at uh, other people. It strikes me as as a relationship between politicians and the press, you know. Yeah. Where where there are there's kind of an uneasy there's kind of an uneasy relationship between the two but they, they between politicians the press and the public there's kind of a, an uneasy love triangle uh, you know talk about talk about sort of uh, uh, sublimated desire or or talk about a, a kind of ulterior uh, sort of activity right like. Um, you know the, the the politicians need the press to get the word out the the press right. needs the politicians to fill column inches the public needs the press for information the press needs the public for revenue um the politicians oh, oh you mean you mean season five of the wire <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah for a, for a much <laughs> that's, more that's in-depth what it boils down to right <laughs> yeah for a much more in-depth look at this yeah as as with most things on our podcast just watch the wire you know what if you watch the whole wire from beginning to end and truly understand it we'll tell Take you on as a third podcaster on this uh, on this on this show, but that you know that, th- well, I, that I think it's un- and I think it's that if you watch the wire begin to end and understand why um, why why you why uh, and also watch Gossip Girl beginning to end and understand why the two. Are, are companion pieces and cannot are actually, be yeah. without one another. Are um, actually then, more... then, you are, then only then can you become the third podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I'll put I'll put a link to like the Wire box set in the uh, in the recommended reading for well, Wire yeah. season five. Wire season five. Okay, yeah, I'll do I'll do I'll just do season five. That's the season, that's the season when Omar dies. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Shot in the head meaninglessly by by a kid in a convenience store. Uh, too soon. Too soon. <laughs> um. So uh... I, I, wanted, I wanted to say something else though about um. I think I think you're right about the um the use uh, of, of this analog between um the, the 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 actors in this social circle um and um and 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 uh and gossip girl as, as a as a similar being similar to the relationship between politicians and the press but i wanted to go back to something that you were saying about um also that the multiple layers on which these um um uh, on, on which on, on which these fucking teenagers act um and and about the role of of sort of virtual and real life friending and defriending. And, and I think I, especially I was struck by this by, you know, the variety of gestures that you can make in the, in the realm of Facebook of liking and poking and this and that. And it, it reminds me of, um, this, a theory, um, related to the evolution of language, 
um, by a primatologist named Robin Dunbar. Um, and this is uh, articulated in like a kind of more popular press book called Grooming, Gossip, and the Evolution of Language, um, right? And so it's like extremely relevant um, in that one of the words of the title of his book is also one of the words uh, in, 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 in the title of one of the shows that we examine. Um, and that um, the, the argument in this book is that uh, the, the that, behavior that gossip of, is a gossip is a grooming behavior, essentially. Exactly. Well, and that well, that grooming. Oh, sorry, so if for, I can stole your thunder. Sorry no, about. No, no, no. It's, it's more than that. It's actually more than grooming. So it's not only that gossip is a grooming behavior, but that grooming among primates is actually a a is 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 very similar functionally to. Um, to gossip in that in the role that it plays in maintaining social networks and alliances, right? And so that it's not just about making sure there are no ticks in your in your pelt, but it's it's actually about you know the intensely kind of physical and like who grooms whom is uh, is extremely important in a in a um, you know small scale um, primate society. And and Dunbar's uh, argument, and, and, uh, and it, he lays out a a, um, a range of of uh, evolutionary um, and biological evidence showing that there's this correlation um, between um, group size and brain size uh, in in primates, and, and the argument being that actually um, at a certain point, um, like uh, social groups became too large um, and unwieldy that to to actually groom everyone necessary to maintain a, a your social network and that um language uh, is is a way to you know language and gossip um plays a similar role of maintaining your social network um and, and it allows you to maintain a larger social network than if you actually have to spend a certain amount of time um uh uh, uh actually uh pulling you know mites off of of people right so that it's that that the gossip is is a sort of verbal grooming and it strikes me that you know this well, yeah, who um, can gossip all, who can who can gossip to, to who who talks to who about who yeah right. you know it's about right, whom right. i should say right so in some ways that's not about only whom. about the content right so that on one hand the gossip world works as a purveyor of content but it's also you know it's, it's about who is texting whom and and who's confronting whom about what um but also and then and and i think that that technology social networking uh, software, you know, allows us to main, you know, um, maintain um, social networks of an even larger size than when gossiping was, was confined to face-to-face interactions or phone calls, right? That you can not only manage a larger group of people, but you, you manage, you know, how they are related to one another um, and, and how they're connected uh, through you, through these various uh, social gestures. And I think that's also why, um, you know, what the, 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 the kin the the kin phone is it has an interface that attempts to actually um, you know push evolution forward by putting that um, you know put the putting these social relationships in the palm of your hand right and you know Nate you know I mean and Rachel watched this my my fiance Rachel watched this and was like I don't know what he's doing and I I mean I had read <laughs> the, the kin I, mean, I had read about the kin so I and and seen some of the ads um, you know um, and and saw that it was a you know abstraction of of the social right he flicks through the people and through the events and then just kind of drops the photo on onto vanessa's little node in the social network right yeah um, and and so i don't know if that's actually how how the can works but i think that you know it's an interesting marrying of, of of the technology um uh the the sort of 
social dynamic of of the role played by gossip and 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 the interrelationship between gossip and these social networking sites, and then how they're um, represented in the narrative, right? An interesting corollary of this this idea that social group size is related to brain size is that based on the, the size of our brains, you can extrapolate the, the theoretical maximum number of people that you can yes. Uh, yes. that you can really kind of hold in a in a social network. And it's not. I mean, these big Facebook these people with all these uh, uh, with all these Facebook friends. This is deceptive because yeah. you actually can't you can't maintain um, nuanced relationships. Uh, uh, you know, w- with with all these people. Well, and this is an interesting question, right? So this is actually, um, so Dunbar also worked on this, right? So this idea is in sort of prima- primatology um, is actually known as Dunbar's number, right? Oh, Dunbar's so, number, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it would. Be, right. Um, and so, and 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 it's it's the it's the um, you know it's the limit on on brain like brain processing capacity of of how many people you can maintain stable relationships with and it's you know uh, a which is maybe good... why they keep fucking each other on gossip girl right this, this is why like you can you can occasionally introduce a uh, a hillary duff but uh you know not really um what's interesting is that so dunbar's number is is around 150 Right, but yep. that's for a, 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 a that's still a moderately. I think that I, if I remember from the book, the actual like inner circle is around something like seven, um, sure. or, or something like that, which is about as many principal cast members as we have in the show, right? Um, but I mean, I do wonder. Uh, I mean, you say. I mean, I, I don't know if there there's yet been good research on this, um, and and um, uh, as to whether. Um, you know that that is still binding, right? So that that the, whether the cognitive um, um, limit is 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 our is our is our binding constraint, or whether technology can actually push that outward um, somewhat, especially as we have a generation that is growing up with the, with these technology as um, you know a um, from as as a, as a starting point. Whether I mean, I definitely see um, you know I, I think that. There are, you know, when I look at people that I'm Facebook friends with who were even, you know, in college, maybe three, two, three, four years behind us, the size of their um, Facebook networks is, is usually about, if not double, at least, you know, Almost often close to double the size of, of yeah. You know what? I, I, the size of I our would, generation, right? I would actually, I would, I would bet it varies inversely with age. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, right. and that that you could actually you could actually make a de- I mean, except for certain like super connecting people, right. uh, which which right. they there always have been socially, and which um, you know which technology kind of gives wings to uh, that you could guess a person's age by their number by the number yes. of Facebook friends. Yes, to yes. I mean yes. to a to an era you could guess a person's kind of era of life. Yes, definitely. Um, Definitely. The, you know, and and my point earlier about the Gossip Girl blog being being like the press was mostly that, um, uh, you know, that this is one of the social gestures. This is one of the kind of meta levels yes, yes, uh, that yeah. they, and and also it's you know presumably this is going out to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and yet it's focusing on, uh, you know, it's focusing on these celebrities among the Upper East Side. Uh, people the the chuck bassett's and the the serenas and the the 
Uh, and the Humphreys are kind of, I guess, are kind of interlopers, but they become, you know, the ultimate insiders. Well, that's, uh, that's, that's what I would like to know, though, about, um, you know, going back to uh, Girl with Bow and Arrow's, um, uh, you know, point about Gossip Girl fan fiction, which I haven't had a chance to check out yet. I mean, what I would like to see is, you know, because, like, you know, we're, we're assumingly we're seeing a selection bias of, of all Gossip Girl blasts. I mean, I guess one interpretation is that all Gossip Girl blasts are about are the ones that we see on the show. But there's also a possibility that there's a whole other universe of Gossip Girl blasts that are out there, right? That, um, and I would love to know what what else is going on, right? I would, uh, so I, I almost not not only want a a fan fiction of um, you know alternative Gossip Girl, but I want to know. I, I want to. I want more. What's going on at Dalton, or what's going on at Beardley, or the other the other schools, right? And how, yeah, exactly. Collegiate. Um, and uh, Saint Anne's, um, yeah, all, all of these schools that we we knew people from at our at our at our place of uh, coll- collegiate education. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, but I, I think that I mean I wonder that I mean is this the top because you you occasionally get you know guests you know some of the guest people floating through um, are I mean some of them are. Um, you know, from the same school, from the the Constant Billard St. Jude school, but others are are from other parts of this same, you know, social network, right? So that are not principals in the show. So you you assume that there's, um, you know, slightly larger net of who is uh, uh, of, of who who is getting blasted about in Gossip Girl. Yeah. I just I'm, I just want to know. I want to I, I want to know uh, where this falls in the distribution. Um, I want, so, I want, so what, I, what, I, what I'm saying is that I want, uh, I want five gossip girls all produced by the same production team going simultaneously every day of the week. I want a different gossip girl. Well, it's, uh, I mean, it's funny that that really would be the wire. I mean, it would be a, it would be a high class wire, not about, um, you know, not about, uh, uh, drug dealers on the streets of Baltimore, but that that really is that the the idea of the wire is that there are sort of um, there are these these parallel networks operating. You think autonomously, yes, exactly. but they're, they're all kind of in, they're interrelated in complex ways, not even seen by by the people. Uh, not even seen by the people who are a part of them, and that they all they all parallel each other in in a way. Right. Right, exactly. That the, uh, that the bureaucracy in a drug selling gang is is as onerous as the bureaucracy in the police department or in local politics, etc. Right, right. Uh, municipal um, politics, I should say. I, no, I mean I would. And that's exactly what I'm what I'm calling for. And, oh, there's. <laughs> oh, sorry. You, you finish your thought. Oh no, no. I was just going to say that what what you say of of, of high class wire. Um, I don't know if you saw the the onion this week. Um, but there is a actually an Onion uh, article about the Wire, right? That announced that um, that uh, David Simon's next um, uh, project is is focusing on uh, understanding and and probing the many layers of the of the functionality of uh, upper middle class uh, suburb of uh, Willamette, uh, Illinois. <laughs> um, um, and, and it's it's a great it's a great article because they real it's like they really take a uh, a review of of Treme or the Wire and uh, and just flip it right the, yeah um, 
They, t- they take it and um, they turn so, it. That's what makes the right, wire so here's, so great. Here's the quote. Like, as, a, as a writer, my mission is to tell a story that makes viewers think about how conditions in America's, American cities are created. We can't just turn our back on the staggering levels of happiness occurring in a place like Willamette and say, well, that's not my life. We have to confront this tranquility head on and shine a light on the institutions that are responsible for it. <laughs> that, yeah, that sounds more like your line of work, Ryan. You right, know. exactly. <laughs> but I think that that's, I mean, I guess that is why, but what, just to get back, um, I mean, we, we've talked early in this, um, and I know that we have a few, you know, we're not quite closing this season of, um, of, of these fucking teenagers yet, but we, we are in a sense because Gossip Girl really was what motivated the touchstone. us. touchstone, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to to start this show and 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 I think we have in jest but also also in seriousness talked about the relationship between the wire and 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 gossip girl um because they're both um have you know interesting um you know pieces of of sociology of of, of where sort of art and sociology meet right of of of, re- of reconciling meaning and narrative and an examination of uh, of of relationships between people um, and 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 how those are affected and affect you know material conditions and the reproduction of of, of of symbolic value right and so that you know we've definitely lamented that you know there's definitely times where um, you know gossip girl aspires to to something well well um, there's definitely um, that you know we, we sometimes gripe oh gossip girls not the wire and and so in in my wish that there were five gossip girls going on simultaneously examining all of these levels is my it, it once again affirming my desire that that gossip girl could be could be even more um than than what it is could be could be so much greater maybe the fan fiction community will uh will fill some of that in i want to i want to leave us with a a, uh, a quotation from uh chuck bass uh to jenny um mm. before i think this is this is pre-boning uh he says the world you know only exists from the outside. The only reason I survive in it is because I knew it was empty. And that that uh, uh, Chuck's uh, mastery of this sphere is due to his acknowledging the the bankruptcy of symbolic value. Um, right, right. That right. you know, and that that this uh, and it's funny because Blair, he and Blair are really a matched set in the sense that she is totally invested in the symbolic value of this sphere. So, right. like you know, between the two of them, they they arrive at something approximating kind of wistful irony, right? If right. you sort of right. average them out, uh, right. but with but right, with right. This, well, and that is this. It's 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 again, it's the it's the the cremaster field, right? Of which <laughs> and, and 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 the Empire State building is in the middle right um <laughs> trudy <laughs> rising anagogically <laughs> as, uh, as vince scully would say or um or uh as herbin melville would put it straight up straight up balkington <laughs> rises thy apotheosis uh, I, I really, I, I, I really doubt that Melville wrote about Wang. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, so if you want to join the conversation, uh, you can email us podcast at overthinkingit.com. I want to, uh, 
I want to um, encourage you to send us reading responses. There are only a few episodes of Glee left in the season, but we will take them we, and we will uh, we'll feature them. Maybe we'll do something because we're only doing one show now instead of two. Maybe we can do something more with the listener feedback other than read oh. it and enjoy it ourselves. Thanks to Girl with Sword and Bow, to Kat, to Gab, uh, and to everyone who uh, has written in. The email address to write in again is podcast at overthinkingit.com. Um, and just two points. One, we should probably get our own our own email address. Okay, um, I'll get I'll get on that, and I'll start that with the next. I'll start that with the uh, next episode. Um, and then and then the second bit of feedback that we're looking for to at least plant the seed to set the cognitive um, agenda is is a question of what we should uh, do with this with this show um, over the summer. Right. Um, uh, we're you know about what three four episodes uh, away from uh, at the end of the season of, of Glee, or maybe it's maybe it's less than that. Um, by the by, the uh, you know by by mid June we'll be we'll be out of new episodes. I think five more. I think five more. Yeah, right. Oh, it's five more. So so we we have a, a little ways to go, but that'll Four put us in, yeah. into you know mid June. Yeah, yeah, mid June uh, we'll be done. So, so, so what we'll, you know over summer over summer vacation when the semester is over, as it were. Uh, right. You know, do you want to go to summer school? And what would, what classes would you like to take right. at? Uh, at summer school, it's funny. I think there's two options. Let me put up, put two options on the cognitive agenda. One is we do we do social science and literary theory summer school, right? So we, we dispense. <laughs> we, we, we we actually there's three options, right? Uh, <laughs> one one is that we just we, we, we talk about the uh, the academic skeletons uh, under in our closets and underneath the flesh of of, of gossip girl and glee. Uh, two is that we just talk about the wire. All summer. <laughs> that would be fantastic. It would also be a great excuse to watch The Wire again, which exactly, is something I've been right? to I mean, do that's, for a, while. That's, that's, that's what I call a win-win. <laughs> uh, or three, or three. Um, we 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 pick some other piece of um, of 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 teen teen soap opera. Um, maybe maybe a Dawson's Creek. Um, maybe the oh, a historical, a historical scene yeah. soap opera. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, you know maybe, maybe a nine hundred two one zero. Maybe, maybe one of the maybe, maybe Buffy. You know, there's a I'd lot actually, out yeah, there. I'd like to go back if if we can. Here, uh, my my candidates would be Dawson's Creek. Uh, mm-hmm. um, oh, I was thinking of a show. Oh, that was kind of Gossip Girl ahead of its time. Oh, uh, the, it never actually made it onto television. It was called Manchester Prep, and it was released on video as Cruel Intentions Two. Uh, uh-huh. We actually, you know what? There's, there's a also big, there's a British there's a British show as well, right? There's That's a British not- show called Skins that I've right. started watching on Netflix and since streaming that I like a whole hell of a lot. Um, that that uh, I'm I'm not sure though. I'm not sure about the social message of it. It's actually even more uh, graphic, even more kind of lurid than Gossip Girl is. If it is really a- about it's, it's it's about these teenagers, comma fucking. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, but I, I think it's an enjoyable, well well written well written show, provided you're not like uptight like the Moral Majority or something. Um, you know, so so that's a possibility. Uh, no, I, what I want to put, I wanted to put Dawson's Creek or maybe Felicity up uh, as possibilities for for shows uh, shows that we could do. Uh, Felicity being an early J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams, right? Yeah. yeah, could be could be could be kind of an interesting thing. But going back to classic nine hundred two and zero would also be great. There's also you know there's a huge uh, speaking of Netflix instant streaming. You know what I watched on that the other day? I watched Porky's. And there's huh. a, there's a yes. huge film literature of 
uh, of these fucking teenagers because right. well, this is the teen romp, right? This is yeah. the romp as distinct from the the soap opera, right? Yeah. Um, well, right, yeah. and it's in well, a way, in a way, like in a way, doing films is kind of um, not. Uh, not really in our wheelhouse because we are talking about kind of longer, uh, more highly serialized forms of, of storytelling. But right, I think so really, are- it, would, it would be more apt to look at a at um, at, at graphic novels. Um, or comic books sure. about about the teenagers. We could uh, we could do that. It, uh, it might be harder Archie. to reference Archie, for instance. <laughs> um, but I think we could look at the oeuvre of a of a filmmaker like. And here's here's another one where it's just for me. It's it's a chance to go back and screen these films. Uh, John Hughes would be would be the first yes. one that I that I would yeah. go to. But I think it should be from a from a different time. Okay, so we can either actually well, let's, do... let's open this up to listeners. You know, send Wait, us your there, was there a, was there a third option that we. We can either do uh, yeah, the serious- wire. The wire. Oh, the wire. The right, right, right. So we can either do serious summer school with political science and literary theory. Uh, we can do the wire, or we can do something else related to these fucking, fucking teenagers. teenagers. And email us what you want us to do over the summer. <laughs>